Well, you're a, you're a great bunch, you 67 heel heel lot, but patience isn't your uh, strongest attribute. Some of the comments there are six minute wait, we're six minutes late and you would think the, the walls had caved in. It's Friday night, everyone, the start of the Derby weekend and you're beginning it by looking at three very average looking men chatting about Celtic. But thanks very much for doing that. No Kenny Miller tonight, unfortunately, but we do have John... And Stevie joining me. Guys, I've started every video over the last week with the same question. How are we feeling? How are you feeling, John? Feeling fine, mate. This is this is all good. Um, I'm coming back off a holiday, coming back on the show on the website, feeling pretty calm about things, feeling pretty good about today's events and the news that we got from Ange um, and the news that we got from Giovanni Van Bronckhurst. So, yeah, I'm all good. Pretty Feeling pretty good about the, the game on Sunday. What were you, Stevie? Um, not been that well recently, to be honest with you. Um, been feeling pretty flu all week, bunged up, and in general. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> all right, I'll leave it. I'm fine. I'm very. <laughs> I'm quite excited now. I've been um, nervous all week, and now it's at the excited stage just because you know finishing up and I did the off the work today, and I'm now just looking forward to Sunday. Can't wait for it to kick off. It's going to be amazing. I only knew you were going to say there because you've done the same battle fever joke before every derby since about I, 2017. I genuinely have a fever, so I mean that's where I was going to go. But anyway, thanks for ruining that, Hamish. <laughs> the joke's in me, I guess. Um, so what we're going to do in this video, guys, is just chat about the game in general, the stuff that's happened today, the team news, the, the good news we got today. We got about three or four bits of good news in the space of about half an hour today. Where do you want to start, John? I think we should start with the Kyogo news. That's obviously the, the biggest news of the day, is that Kyogo's back in training. He's been training all week. And Ange says he's ready to go. And he's itching to play and get back to the, the kind of form that he showed for Celtic in the first half of the season. Um, so who, could, who can deny that? Um, with 16 goals and the way he was playing and his kind of dynamic, exciting, quick attack and play with huge game intelligence. He's our hero. Um, and he's back for this game, you know, regardless of whether he starts or he's on the bench. I think it's a, a big boost just to have him back and in the squad and around as a weapon and someone that the fans can look forward to. So um, that's my big news of the day. James Forrest, the only player that's going to be missing for this derby. So it's fair to say this is the strongest the squad has ever been since Ange came in. James Forrest is the only player we're missing now. When you go back a couple of months and, you know, the, the injury list we had, it, the injury list was almost longer than the, the actual starting 11 at one point. Now we, we basically have a, a full complement to choose from. Yes, Kyogo, Turnbull, uh, even Christopher Julian aren't really ready probably to, to play or start a game on, uh, like Sunday, but the options we've got there, Stevie, um, and I know, what did you describe it as earlier on social media? Uh yeah, it's, it's massive, Hamish, and as I was saying to John when you were indeed away, it's psychologically huge because, as I say, Rangers, you know, they, they have been expecting there, they've been focusing on containing Gigi all week, but now with the fact that we've got the curveball of Kyogo, they won't know what to expect there. They would have probably th felt the only other option would have been putting a bad or Maeda through the middle, but Kyogo's another level. I mean, this is a guy who is, the, his presence alone, you saw all the Celtic fans and just the lift that the sort of fan base got when he was back in. I mean, imagine if you're a player who plays alongside him, knows how talented he is. He's won as a cup final. So if you're a player alongside him 
and the fact that he's playing and he's fit and he's good to go and he's even an option in the bench. You know, as that game goes on, and say it's goalless or say we're chasing it or something, the fact that you've got Kyogo there ready to come on, it's going to be a ma- it's going to have a massive impact in the game, I think. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just such a good option to have off the bench. His, his movement's great. And when he came back from the cup final after missing a few weeks, he was right on it right away. So he, he's not the kind of player to me that kind of will ease his way back into it. Maybe that was to his detriment in the, in the middle of December. But I, I think he's a player who could offer us something on Sunday. But, but equally... It shows how far we've come that Kyogo being back is great news, right? But it's not a it's not a defining bit of news in terms of Sunday. I mean, I don't I wouldn't say I feel very different knowing that Kyogo's back to what I did this morning. I, I think Celtic have enough without Kyogo to go to Ibrooks and actually win the game on Sunday. And I guess that's, you know, great when you look at where we were earlier in the season with that dependency we had on him. what um or who are the who are the guys going to be in Sunday, John, that we're, we're going to look to more than more than more than most? Well, you know, we're talking about Kyogo, but I don't think we should dismiss the impact that Giacomacus will have on this game as well. Like, I'm expecting Giacomacus to start the game, and I thought he was yeah, I thought he was really good against Rangers in, in the derby in February. I think he really bodied the defenders. He gave us a threat in, in that box, and he's been, you know, a lot of people have criticisms of Giacomacus's game. And I accept that, you know, he's not, he's hardly a skill, a skillful ball carrier, you know what I mean? He's, he's, but he's not there to do that. And I think his role will be huge um, on on Sunday. But I also think that Maeda is going to be massive on that left-hand side. I mean, I'd have him starting on the left. Um, because I think what we've come to appreciate from the Sands team is it's not even about what they do off the ball. Sorry, on the ball. It's about what they do off the ball as much as much as that. And I think we've started to really appreciate that with Maeda specifically coming in from January because what he's doing, working when he's not on the ball is is magnificent. And it forces it'll force Rangers into corners all going well that they're not comfortable in being in. It'll force them to use the ball in a way that they're not comfortable with. It'll allow us to win it back quicker. Um so I'm looking at those two specifically, they're they're the key to the game for me. And obviously that midfield's massive. And I think McGregor has to be on top form again, like he was in that derby. McGregor was like magnificent in that that 3-0 game that we won. Um, He was just right up for it. He was a proper captain on that day. He was like he was inhaling the spirit of Scott Brown almost um, in many ways in terms of attitude. But the way he plays, I think, is obviously a level above Bruni. And I think he's going to be huge because I think Ryan Jack will probably be playing for them. And I think he's a... a better midfielder in these games than anyone else they've got for, for me. And I thought he actually improved Rangers in that second half when we were 3-0 up. Um, so that, that battle will be interesting as well. So there's battles all over the pitch. I mean, I could make a case for Greg Taylor being the most important player on Sunday um, and be justified doing so. Cause, I'd love to hear that case. Well, I thought Greg Taylor was just about our best player against Rangers in the last in the last derby. I thought he was outstanding on that left flank. Um, and he'll be crucial in in making sure that we're effective and productive on that left-hand side because I think he, he'll see more of the ball and be on the ball perhaps more than Maeda is. So you can make an argument for every player being the most important. But the, the big thing in your original point was, and what Ange has been saying all season, is that this team isn't about individuals. It's about collective. So um, it's about following the instructions that Ange has put in place. And I think we're getting better and better at it. Um, and I'm excited to see what the team can do on Sunday. So that's your team there, John. And mm-hmm. I think that's probably the, the the kind of 
consensus, the general consensus I've seen from Celtic fans. If you were to canvas, you know, all of them, that that's I think the team that a lot of people, maybe the majority, would pick, which is interesting. Stevie, you have gone slightly different in your team mm. um, in the midfield area. I think the rest of your team's the same, but you've gone for near beat on instead of Hatati with McGregor moving one up. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, I'm inclined to agree with John's team now after the news with Morelos, but this is a team that I said it's going to be all week and I have to stick to it. And the reason was that I don't think Rangers are going to be doing 4 3 3 again. They're not going to go that way. I think Rangers are going to have five in midfield, no doubt about it. They're going to have Jack and they're going to have Lundstrom there sitting. And I think with the way they play and the way their crowd are all going to be whipped up into a frenzy. They're going to be expecting Jack not only to be physical, but to take bodies there as well. Um, he has a thug as much as I think he's a decent player, Hamish. Lindstrom is effectively going to be the same. I deleted Jack, if you will. So you're going to have the two of them sitting behind their attacking sort of three, just putting lumps at our midfield. And I think the reason, I mean, Neil Beaton came back from international duty early, as we remember, on Monday. And I think that was a big part of my thinking when I did the preview on Wednesday too. But I just, I just think for the fact that Rangers aren't going to go toe to toe us this time, they're going to sit and they're going to, they're not going to do four three three for this one. It's going to be five four one or three five two. I'm reckoning. Um, especially they can't do roof up front on his own. Um, he's not capable of playing up front himself, which is which maybe thinking they might do a three five two on it. But I think in that midfield, that's where it's going to be won definitely. Now we have to have McGregor on top form, and I think McGregor will be massively up for it. But I think if we have Beaton in there, the Beaton can obviously do the physical work to an extent. But McGregor pushing on and being more advanced in midfield is crucial because it will basically give Rangers, it will give their defence something to think about where the front three, if we can, if McGregor can basically set the tone and dictate the tempo and have our front three pushing forward for them and not letting Rangers sort of the fullbacks gallop up the pitch and have them trying their best to contain Maeda and Jota. It just means I think we'll get a lot of joy um, and behind them. And I think if we have McGregor a wee bit further up and not as deep and you can let Beaton do that, I think we'll get joy and we'll win that midfield battle and we can really take the game to them instead of we're not going to be reactive, we'll be proactive in that case. The thing about them playing three five two, I'd take your point because so they've been playing in Europe, but my my question is, can they can they play that without Morelos? Do they have the players capable of playing that with without Morelos there? And I'm not I'm not sure if they do. Um, but we just need to wait and see. I mean, the, the, but the other important thing to factor in is that they need to go for the win on on Sunday. Like they need the three points more than us. Now, I'm not suggesting that that'll change the way Ange plays because we know that. This Ange team is going to go and play at Ibrox in, in a certain way, but it could change the way Rangers play. Like they can't settle for a draw here, um, so that'll be interesting. Especially if the game develops and it's kind of sits at nil nil for a while, they might find that they're committing more um, men forward or into positions that they're not as comfortable with, and that that, that leaves space for us. I think that's a factor that kind of um, needing a draw versus needing a win kind of thing. Not in the the sense of the way we play, but in the sense of the way they play. Yeah. I'm aware that as well, people are more than likely going to be up in arms and they won't like that. The fact that I personally think Beaton could be starting, but on a personal level, I won't be complaining if he's not. See if it's, if Ange picks the team on Sunday and he's not there and we go with Hitati, McGregor and O'Reilly, 
I'm absolutely fine with that and uncomfortable with that. And truth be told, I probably prefer that. I was just being asked in terms of what I think the manager was going to go with to combat Rangers and their midfield. It's not going to be as passive this time. They're going to be far more physical. So that was my, my thinking on it. But when you think of the manager as well, he really thinks about what the other team do. It's more about playing to, playing to our strengths and what we do. And so at the last minute, yeah, I'm more inclined to agree that he will lightly focus on ourselves and go with the team that you, you went with, John. I mean, I, I quite like Beaton in general. I think he's come on to a much better game, you know, lately this season under Ange. I think he's had a lot of good performances f- for us. Ange has put him in at quite a few, you know, tough away games. Livingston, um, I think Aberdeen earlier in the season, uh, maybe Tannadice as well. Um, we played Hearts, obviously, as well when we, when we were missing McGregor. So B- Beaton has played games and has generally done quite well. I can't remember him having a great derby, though. I can't actually remember him having a big impact in a derby at all. And I just look at I look at the options we have going forward and the way Hatati and O'Reilly terrorised them in the last game. And I know we're away from home, but I don't think that will play into Ange's thinking at all. I don't think Ange will, will differentiate between Ibrox and Celtic Park and the way he sets us up on Sunday. And that's why I think we'll see the the one holding midfielder being Callum McGregor and two in front. And I, I think it will probably be Hatati and O'Reilly. That's... That's the, the midfield three that gave us so much success that Rangers couldn't deal with last time. It's arguably, for me, our best midfield three, even though Tom Rogic is a, an unreal player and Turnbull's good as well. I think that's the midfield three with the best balance for me at the moment. And that's, you know, in terms of hurting Rangers and playing our way and not getting drawn into the fact that it's a big derby game and the occasion and just doing what Celtic have been doing all season, Europe and domestically, I think that's what we all want to see. It sends out the right message as well for the support before the game and I think it sends out the I think it sends out a message to the, the Rangers support even inside the stadium that, that Celtic are coming to, to beat Rangers on Sunday. And I think that's that's what Ange gears his teams up to be like and I'm I'm pretty sure that's what we'll see. But I guess time will tell. Agreed. I just want to say very quickly that on the beat on point, you know, ironically enough, his best performance was when he was played out of position in twenty nineteen when we won two 0 when he was at centre half alongside big Chris Julian. Yeah. Tore his hamstring, didn't he, that day? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, he was good. Um, team, the last time we went to Ibrooks is always quite interesting. Um, a marked difference. I mean, look at that. It's just, it's relatively unrecognisable in terms of from the team that played that day down the spine, you're kind of, well, Hart, Starfelt, McGregor will all play in those positions. But other than that, there's not another player who'll start the game in the same position because I, I don't think Abada will start. I mean, Juranovic playing left-back, Kyogo wide in the left, remember those days, Christie and Edward still playing. What does this tell us, John? I think it tells you the the craziness that Andrews had to deal with in terms of the squad over the last nine months or so. I mean, Christie and Edward were, were checked out at that point. And then yeah. specifically Edward in, in that game is really poor. And I think after that game... Ange made one of the it was one of the rare occasions Ange kind of admitted he'd made a mistake because he said that mm. he probably should have played Kyogo through the middle rather than on the left hand side. Um for that game specifically. Interesting the Abada thing, because Abada was also he was really good in the in the home derby. Um and you just don't know. Ange likes to throw a curveball. So it'll well, depend. David and Scott McDonald were adamant that Abada should start. I mean, I think there's a good argument. I think it's a fair argument for a bad start. He's lethal in the box, and I think 
maybe if it's coming down to one or two moments that you you would you might want a bad at and and you know in the box between the six yard box and the eighteen yard line rather than Jota. You know, a, a chance fall into a bad at, I feel like is a, is is a good opportunity. But I just think Jota offers more in general. A bad kind of. He plays on the wing, he kind of floats at the game sometimes almost in the way that Jakimakis does and it kind of does a lot of his work off the ball. But I mean, you can make arguments for a lot of people. I, you know, you can make an argument for Kyogo to start the game, even though he's not played for a few months. Um, you can make an argument for Rogic to start the game, um, even though he's picked up an ankle knock. I think Ange said that he trained, he's been training since Wednesday or something. He's had a few days training, so um, I think he's ready to go as well. And, you know, he's scored a goal at Ibrox before a, a magnificent goal, so um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think the important thing is that we're all talking about this and it's good to talk about and speculate on, but whatever the team Ange goes with on Sunday, I think it'll have implicit support from us three and from the rest of the Celtic support. I don't think I don't think anyone will really be questioning Ange on Sunday, unless he throws a mental, really mental curveball. Um, but I don't think anyone will be questioning his team because I think he's proven that he can put a team together to, to win consistently in Scotland. He can put a team to, together to beat Rangers, um, and he's kind of spoiled for choice. And so it really comes down to what he's seen on a day-to-day basis, who he thinks is ready for this one. Um, and yeah, again, we'll just have to hope and trust that his judgment comes out on top. Just while we're chatting about Angie, did uh, get another bottle of Glenn's vodka today when he was named Manager of the Month for the Premiership for the fourth time this season, October, January, February, and now March. Um, on a side point, they got around to, nom- to to sorting the March award much quicker than they've done earlier this season. I mean, we're only just in April, but um, well done to Ange. I mean, four in a year, and, and we've still got a couple, I think, to be dished out for the end of the season is, is crazy. Brendan Rodgers only won it four times in the Invincible season, in the whole season. So what Ange has inherited and um, and you know what he's achieving is is great, and hopefully the, the big weekend result is still to come. Do we have any idea who was in the photo today? Was it kind of um, fitness type thing? I recognise the guy in the far right. I think it might have been that. I think he's been through the initial, you know, the assistants. Then I think he's been through the analysis staff, um, and then he had he obviously had Gavin Strachan out for a for a solo appearance after he missed the first photo. So he, I think he's yeah, I think he's onto the fitness and conditioning folks. So fair play to him. to sport up. What was that? Wins up to sport up. I <laughs> know <laughs> I was back from a holiday for one day and ma- somehow managed to turn the whole Australian media against Rangers. So, and that wasn't too bad. We'll, we'll keep that going. Yeah. Um, sh- shall we chat a little bit about Rangers then? I, I know we've, we've already kind of dipped into it, but, um, you know, no Morelos, um, Ryan Jack spitting the dummy out um, today. I've actually got what he had to say following a. Yakimakis's comments. What about two months ago? It's a bit of a delayed reaction from Ryan Jack. He said earlier today in a really um, not very confident um, way of saying it. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I don't get that comment at all. I think it's disrespectful to come out with that, but it is what it is. We will go quietly about our business. We'll do our talking in here and work hard in here, in-house, and come Sunday we'll be right up for the challenge. I'm not taking lessons or respect from Ryan Jack tried to do Ben Doak yeah. in the 90th minute of that game at Celtic Park. Then after the game, didn't even admit that Celtic were the better team. This isn't a derby or rivalry based on respect. So if Ryan Jack wants to whine about Giacomacchus, then fair play to him. I think it shows that Giacomacchus is in their head a wee bit here. 
like uh, it was kind of a weird reaction to the question for me. You, you would think he would just kind of brush it off, but um, I, I again I said at the time I liked the fact that Jack Marcus was confident and almost arrogant with what he said. I think you will want that from our players. And to be honest, I think he's backed it up on the pitch since he said that. I think he said it after his first hat trick, um, and he's been on a, a tear of form ever since. So I like the, the fact that Jack Marcus thinks that Celtic are better in every in every department than Rangers. That's what we should be feeling. Um, and get up, Brian Jack. In terms of the the referee, Stevie, um, you've had a couple of podcasts out in Gigpod this week ahead of the game. I know in the first one you spoke about uh, Willie Collum for a wee while. Does that worry you at all, guys, or Stevie particularly, in, in terms of the atmosphere on Sunday and, and something dodgy being given a, against us? I th- no, I think I'm a bit relaxed because there's no VAR and it's not a European ref, so... I think, but what I do, what I was actually thinking was um, the last penalty Rangers had against us at Ibrox, and I actually, in me and my memory here, even in general, I think the last penalty they got against us was that one in the Scottish Cup uh, in 2011, the 2-2 game, the Bruna game. Yeah. I think that was the last penalty, and it just worries me going, that's like over 10 years. Now, of course, they've been away, but... It just gets me thinking, I mean, that is over 10 years since they've had a penalty against us. And, well, I mean, the, honestly, the referees in this country, I don't want to spend my time lamenting them, okay? We all know. We, our thoughts have been made abundantly clear on the referees in this country, Hamish. They're woeful. And Willie Collins probably the best. They're a bad lot, but it's really not saying much. But, yeah, um, I'm a wee bit worried about, you know, if it's like no no or something getting into the second half their fans are going to get restless. You know what they're like. They scream for everything. The players scream for everything. Ryan King gets down when nobody need him. And all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's penalties and they get set pieces and that's where they're very dangerous from. So I do worry the, the referee's not going to be strong enough to rein them in a bit and especially sort of rein in guys like um, Ryan Kent and everything. It's It shouldn't be a big factor and it's sad that it is that you have to worry about stuff like that. But I'd be lying if I was on here saying that I'm not concerned whatsoever. The only thing we can do, I mean, is pretty much see it as being up against 12 men, essentially, and doing the business ourselves. And hopefully that is the case, and there shouldn't be any excuses anyway. My worry with with Colin is not anything nefarious. I just think he's a bit of a... He's a bit of an attention seeker for me. He's very card-happy, and he's very... For me, Colin inserts himself into a game too much. Like, I think... Referee should have authority in a game, but sometimes I think he just tries to insert himself into the thicker things a bit too too much. Um, and that's my worry is that he's kind of erratic in that sense and, and the way that he's card happy, the way that he's penalty happy. Um so I wouldn't be surprised if we get a shocker on, on Sunday. Um but yeah, yeah, I'm not you know, I'm I'm, I'm worried about Colin and just because of the, the, the personality it is rather than, you know, yeah. I'm being a Scottish referee. Yeah, I'm more worried about the threat of Rangers and they're better players than the referee but the referee doesn't help basically the reason I asked you was it, it just worries me these these derbies nowadays when you, you've got basically the, the entire stadium full of home fans and I just think you're you're far more open to just you know it, it's only natural surely that, that referees will be influenced the odd time by you know a, a home support and we've seen it at Ibrox in the past and you know, I'm I'm not you know dialing up conspiracy theories and all that here, but as a concern for me on on Sunday that um, 
you know, just that something soft is given, basically, that, that maybe we wouldn't get because we've not got the, the amount of support. I think it probably helps that we've got some fans in there. I know there was the whole argument about whether we should take tickets, and I personally felt that Celtic should tell them to ram their tickets, basically, and, and move on from there. But in terms of the game on Sunday, you know, on its own, I think we stand a better chance with some fans there. I think, um, you know, the players going out and seeing, you know, even a corner of Celtic fans there tomorrow will give them, you know, a bit of hope that they're not alone in the stadium. Because I think the last couple of derbies, it's just been, it's just been brutal. I mean, uh, the, the game at Celtic Park in February was amazing for us because, you know, we made the atmosphere incredible. But for those Rangers players, they must have been absolutely hating every minute of that. And it's a really difficult environment to go into. So at least we've got a, a section of supporters there, albeit a small section, on Sunday. Um, and I just hope that it's not... I really hope that it's not a, a dodgy refereeing call that we're, we're talking about going against us. If it's going for us, I'm more than happy with it. But um, I just uh, I, I, I just think it's going to be a great game. I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, I feel like I say it before every derby, but I think it's really going to be like a, a 100 mile an hour end-to-end match. I think both teams, both teams, I think, will feel they, they, they have to win it as much as Rangers really have to win it. I just think Ange will, will, Ange will not be saying anything other than we have to win this game because that's the way he sets up his teams. And I think it's going to be end-to-end. You know, a lot of their games in Europe have been like that. The Dortmund tie was really end-to-end. The uh, Red Star games were, were quite end-to-end as well. And I think it will just be the same. Well, a lot of our European games were end-to-end as well. So I, I'm pretty confident that we'll see lots of goals and, and hopefully Celtic can come out on the right side of it. Is there anything else you want to get into, guys? No, not really. Just like just on that front, like I think they're going to try and come out and overwhelm us in that first 10 minutes. That's the way they've been successful in Europe. Um, you know, that first 10, 20 minutes has been massive for them and it's really set a tone for them to, to get on top of a team and, and kind of like when you watch those games, they're kind of willing the ball into the net almost in, in those opening minutes. So it's really important Celtic are match that intensity from the off as well like we did in, in the game at Celtic Park again that's more difficult when the, there's such an imbalance in the crowd but I you know I, I believe that McGregor and Ange were consulted on the ticket issue both in terms of the the allocation they'll get at Celtic Park and the allocation at Ibrox so I think the team and the manager want a small band of supporters there so as easy as, as it is to say um you know, you 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 want to refuse that because, and I, I agree. We I think we should have tried to look for a kind of solution that was more in line of of what Dortmund got in the Europa League or something like that. Um, but the I think the point is that Ange and McGregor wanted a small band of fans there to to get behind them, and I think that's fair enough, especially with everything as tight as it is right now. Any little advantage that we can get in these you know remaining games of the season is 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 crucial, and then well we'll see what happens next season. Uh, it was interesting, Ange said in his press conference today, explicitly said he hopes that we get back to bigger attendances uh, in the way and in the seasons to come. And Callum McGregor said it too. So I think that is the Celtic stance, is that Celtic want a bigger away crowd in both venues going forward. So did Brendan Rodgers. He was out today saying it as well. He he always seems to get an interview prior to these games. Um, Stevie? I think the key thing is it's all right for us to sit here and worry about this and that and what could go wrong but what I do get is the impression that the team and the manager are fully focused on this one, they won't be so they won't be worrying at all, they'll be confident in their own ability and I think the key thing that John said earlier is no matter what man, what team the manager announces on Sunday 
I think the majority of the fans will get right behind them and get right behind the team anyway. There won't be a lot of groaning and even if there is, it'll be like for a second or two and then we'll get right back to behind the team and that's pretty much, I mean the support and the fan base is unified and it's all down to the manager and it would just be amazing if that fan base could see a win on Sunday and I hope, you know, I will echo what you said about the ticket situation but for the fans that are going there, they obviously deserve to be there and I just hope, first and foremost, they're actually safe there uh, and they enjoy it and they can come back for the Brimland we've seen Celtic getting three points, it'd be amazing for them. So good luck to them all. Have you um, allowed yourself to dream of how you would feel on Sunday afternoon if we if we did win? I would feel very satisfied, I think. That that is the that'll be the overwhelming feeling for me is satisfaction. Because I think this has been an interesting season from the start. It's been it feels like this season's honestly lasted about 10 years. I don't know about, about, about you guys, but it feels like we've gone through various stages. But I just got a sense that it's all building towards a success for us. That's what it feels like. Rangers have their own ambitions and, and they'll try. And, but I, I like I've said countless times before, and, and I wrote this in my, my column this week and for Optus, and then Andrew's team talk came out after it, where he's talking about reacting to chaos and re- reacting to uncertain events in the game and how it plays out. That's really down to the team. It's not even down to the manager. Like, I think the manager has best prepared this team to fall back on ways of playing and a kind of uh, structure of the way they play to allow them to best react to, to uncertain events and games. And I think I said that to you before the, the 3-0 game, Hamish, is that this team have just reacted to adversity and challenges so well all season, both off the pitch but on the pitch too. And I just I'm backing them to do that again on Sunday, like hundred percent. Like it's not that I'm hugely confident of a win because I'm not. I genuinely think this feels like a 50-50 game. But I, I do think the players have 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 almost already put in the hard work this season to get behind Ange, to put together this way of playing, to integrate themselves with new players and their new teammates. Um and this feels like a real squad that, that can win something this season. And now it's time to prove it when the stakes are at their highest. Hopefully that's the case. I want to get in some of your comments before we go. Brian Watts saying uh, they'll feel they have to win it, but we believe we will. It's a real opportunity to flatten them. The crowd will turn on them if we take the game to them and go ahead. Uh, Paul McMillan also saying fitness will tell in this game. I feel we are fitter than them, and the longer the game goes on, our players uh, can take advantage. Um, A few people commenting about the fact that, you know, having fans there is an important thing for us. so yeah, just just looking forward to it. We're going to have the reaction for you after the game. Before then, we've got another preview coming out. I feel like we've been doing previews for ages, guys. I've done about eight of these previews. I'm just wanting the game to come now and be able to talk after it. But Stevie, you're going to be back on after the game on Sunday. We're watching it together. John, what are you doing for the game on Sunday? I'll be watching it, yeah. Just watching it at home, um, unfortunately. But um, I'm excited about it. I'll be watching the reaction of you guys after as well. So um, I hope it's a good one and I hope... Uh, uh, I hope we're all feeling happy on Monday. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Final comment, Stevie. Just let's enjoy it. I mean, the team are going. The manager's going. So I think we should too. And I think the manager has managed to build up a, tr- a lot of trust. Um, we fully trust them. A lot of the fans do too. Let's get behind them, enjoy it, and just hope, as John says, we're really happy after the game. Yep. It's um, it's going to be a cracker. Um, sorry, we got a wee donation there. I'm trying to find it again. 
Apologies to whoever donated. Um, I'm terrible at doing this. Just so much going on in my life. There we go. Um, Mark McQueen, the uh, most confident I've been going into an old firm since the 5-1 era. So well done, Mark. Thanks very much for the, the donation. And um, we're going to leave it there. We're going to go and enjoy the rest of our Friday nights and uh, Saturdays and then, you know, get into Sunday and, and really deal with, with what's to come. It's going to be an absolute cracker, I think. Um, I'll be back tomorrow with Asim um, from outside Celtic Park as we look ahead further to the game and also look back at some good memories from past games at Ibrooks. Really get you going tomorrow. Thanks everyone for tuning in for now. Um, take care and we'll speak to you tomorrow.